Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For sure. Okay, guys. Kadarius Tony had his second solid performance in a row on Saturday. Scored two touchdowns, only one counted. Um, Brett Veach said a month from now, he will be the top receiver for the Chiefs. Uh, stats weren't crazy, but solid outing. How big of a factor do we think he will be for the Chiefs in the playoffs? Um, okay, I think it's gadgety. I, I want to go as far as be like, he's the guy, and in two weeks he's going to be the best wide receiver. But let's let's temper that at least a little bit. Because for him, the biggest question still, honestly, at this point for me, is health. He had trouble staying healthy in New York. He's had trouble staying healthy in Kansas City. Can you stay on the field for an entire playoff run? Like, it's fast. It's physical. It plays different than in any other stretch. And until I'm willing or able to see that, I'm only willing to go so far. But, man, he – like, I, this is the the fun part about all sports. You can tell when people are, like, different level of athletes. It doesn't mean they're going to be a different level of player. But Tony's a different level athlete. He's a first-round caliber athlete. It's so obvious. He moves different. On that play, when it looks like he's going to break his own ankle to break somebody else's, you're like, yeah, okay. He moves a little bit better than others. But I think the advantage is is that you will always find, and this is why he'll matter in the playoffs a little, Andy will always find a reason to just try to get him the ball to see what happens. It might be a loss of two, and it might be a gain of 35, but they'll throw him the ball and just take the chance. I think that for sure we know with Tony. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't know if I necessarily view him as as gadgety, maybe maybe in a vacuum for this season because he doesn't know much of the playbook and that's the easiest way to deploy him this year. So I know that he has a diverse skill set, which is why they want to use him behind the line of scrimmage and get him involved in the run game. But I will say this. When Lewis Riddick made the comment that Kayla mentioned that uh when he was talking to Brett Veach last week, I think the exact comment was that he said he wouldn't be shocked if he were the best receiver on this team a month from now. What that is, is Brett Veach telling you, hey, don't be surprised if we don't re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster in the offseason. Because I will tell you this, I don't know that he's the best receiver or that he will be the best receiver a month from now. I will tell you this right now, he already has shown you that he is more likely to become a number one in this offense than Juju is. We are through the regular season. Juju had a very productive season. He was short of 1,000 yards, got injured, missed a game, whatever. I'm not even paying attention to the production. He had like 933 on 70-some yeah, sure. catches. Juju is not a number one wide receiver. I don't think Juju will be a number one wide receiver, which is why the Chiefs got him for as little as they did this offseason, and it's why the Steelers were okay with letting him go, knowing who they had on the roster and knowing that they could draft another guy. Juju's really good. Um, you can use him in a lot of different ways, but the Chiefs are basically employing him like a second tight end. He is a possession receiver going across the middle, but he can't do physically some of the things that Kadarius Tony's already shown you he can do with the sideline catches, with the circus grabs, the ability to make guys miss, the ability to change directions, that lateral quickness. 
Tony is a freak athlete, and he has some legit ball skills that we've seen a couple of times where Mahomes has just sort of chucked the ball up to him, and he's making those toe taps on the sideline. That, to me, is what I look for when I'm when we're talking about the elite receivers, when we're talking about the number ones, that's who Tony is. That's independent of the rest of the offense, where I don't think Juju is necessarily like that. So do I think he's going to be a number one this year? No. I do think he'll make an impact in the postseason. But I think that is Brett Veach sort of priming you for the fact that when Juju comes back asking for $21, $22, 23000000 million in the offseason and the Chiefs don't give it to him, it's because they think there's a guy on the roster who could give them similar production. The one thing I'll say with Tony, especially for this season, is like I made you handicap right now, Nick. Who, is, who are the most, who are the three most likely players on the Chiefs roster to get you a 70 yard touchdown? Like a game changing touchdown. Tony gets drafted first overall. Mm, I would still say Justin Watson. Yep. Justin Watson. Justin such Watson. A, it's such a weird answer. He's like 290 yards on the season, but somehow he's the most likely because they throw to him deep. I get it. But he's ahead of McColl in that regards, based on the way he's been played the last three years. He's definitely ahead of Juju. Travis gets him 25, 30 yards at a time. Hell, I might take Jarek McKinnon second. I don't know, whatever. But but he's on the list. He's very quickly on the list. Because they, you know what it is? MVS should be an answer to this question. This is what's so screwed up. But MVS, to this point, I think the thing I didn't realize about him that, that bothers me and bothers, and, and looking back, because I went back through and read some stuff on him in his Packers days, he doesn't play like a big wide receiver. He sure is big, Nick, but he doesn't play that way. Kayla, like there was two times he had a chance to just like, go take the ball. You're bigger than everyone. You're 6'4". Like, go be big. No, he doesn't do that. Kadarius Tony, he plays big, doesn't he? A little bit of that Tyreek where... Well, he's just a better is. athlete. He's just an... Yeah. You know, he... Th- MBS is like a track star, right? He's got straight line yeah. speed. He's explosive in that he accelerates quickly. He's not explosive in that he's going to high point the ball. He's not explosive in that he's got great ball skills and he can just sort of jump up and win those 50-50 balls. Like, Kadarius has that. It just looks, he just, he's the most athletic wide receiver. So I guess I wouldn't be shocked if at some point he's our number one wide receiver, but I'm still surprised the Giants would not even try to make it work. They didn't even play him. They're just like, eh, we'll try to, we're not going to make that work. We'll see you later. Okay, now I'm really sad because I didn't know it was going to come down between Tony and Juju. I love Juju. Yeah, I, I look. Too, I yeah. hope it's both. Well, I mean, yeah, but I think to that point, if if Juju is going to try and capitalize on this being a weak yeah. wide receiver market, I don't think a I don't think that a franchise in the position that the Chiefs are in, with you know really good culture, really good roster. I don't think you allow a player to leverage the market against you that forces you to hand him, you know, a top 10 contract at his position if he's not ever going to give you top 10 production. Especially if you can get three years of Kadarius Tony, just so you know, it's three and a half million dollars for the next two years. And if you wanted to pick up a third year option, it'd be 12. So you can have Kadarius Tony for three years and 15 and a half million dollars if you want to look at it that way. I hope there's a way to keep both. <laughs> there might be, but I don't know, man. If I were the Chiefs, I'd come into this year where I let go of a number one wide receiver in the NFL and it didn't even impact my offense and be like, hmm, we'll be fine. <laughs> Good point. All right, guys. Are we ready for our winners and losers? I think so. Who's going first? Um, you know what? I'm going to go first because neither of them are from the Chiefs game. 
There were tons oh. of winners for the Chiefs game, tons of losers. Uh, and the Chiefs game mostly on the Raiders side, pretty much none on the Chiefs side. But I've decided, because it's the last week of the season, I'm going to take this outside the Chiefs game for my winners and my losers. All winners, right. first off, the aforementioned Joe Mixon, who pulled an actual coin out of his sock after scoring a touchdown day to flip it, just to say fuck you to the people in New York, who are going to fine him for it. The same people who they thought screwed them over are going to hand him a $15,000 fine, fine for pulling an actual coin out of his pocket. But it was a cool moment, and it was kind of fun. So I think that when we talk about that part, I really like um, that part for the winner. So I'm going to go Joe Mixon. I know, and it still kind of feels like at times that maybe their game against Buffalo should be neutral site, but I understand that they've played an equal number of games and the Bills have more wins. Just sucks for Cincinnati because they were playing well and never had a chance to show it, but that was a good show up to the NFL by Joe Mixon. Uh, I'm going to give my winner to John Brown for a similar reason. I didn't know that John Brown was still playing football for the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if you guys were aware of this, but he caught uh, maybe the best catch of the day on Sunday. I mean, that was like Willie Mays center field. Just the ability for him to just go in a full out sprint at the perfect time, full extension, dive for the ball, get the touchdown. It was essentially the game sealer for the Bills against the Patriots, but the awareness for a guy that has been on the practice squad, I think this year for Buffalo. So he gets elevated, right? Not a full-time member of the roster, the active roster. The dude has the awareness to give the touchdown ball to the trainer who gave DeMar Hamlin CPR, which is a, it's a great gesture, but the, the awareness for a guy to come up and be like, okay, wait a minute, let me find this guy. There he is. Boom. Give it to him. Like he could have... That was a huge yeah. catch for John Brown, who is like trying to just like salvage what's left of his career and continue to, to stay on a roster. So that was a big moment in a, in a two seed clinching game, right? And where maybe you'd say, okay, let me, let me go ahead and keep this one for myself. The awareness to go and give it to the guy who may have saved DeMar Hamlin's life on Monday Night Football, that's, that's primo stuff from John Brown. Okay, my winner, <clears throat> winners, is just... The Chiefs team as a whole, that game Saturday, it was as clean as those white unis. Some honorable mentions, the snow globe, obviously. That will be on the internet forever. Uh, Justin Watson, one reception for 67 yards, most yards by anyone on the team. Um, Chris Jones, two and a half sacks. And Mr. Redemption, you guys, my guy, Harrison Bucker, one of one on uh, field goals, four for four on extra points. So proud of him. Can we all agree that the white on white is their best look? It's their best look. Looked so good. I'm a white on red guy, but I can go for some white on white. Just as long as everyone agrees red on red is their worst look, then we're fine here. No worries. Oh, I kind of like the red on red. Yeah, so do I. So (laughs) rank them. Rank them in order. Do you like the red on red better than the white on white? No, they're all one. That's like telling me to rank my children. (laughs) You don't have children. (laughs) I'll go first on the losers. Possible. I'll go first on the losers. It's Houston Texans fans. It's not Lovey Smith who decided to go for two to give them the win that eventually propelled them all the way down to the number two overall pick because that's Lovey's revenge. They're never gonna let Lovey Smith keep that job. So rather than do something good for the franchise, which is, I don't I don't know, have the number one overall pick when you have one of the worst quarterback situations in the NFL in what is a very deep quarterback draft class, but, but Texans fans, damn, 
I know you almost can't go into a locker room and be like, hey, guys, you got to lose today. We need the number one overall pick. And I know a lot of you aren't going to be here. But for those who are, don't you want a capable NFL quarterback? Because you got to say that with Davis Mills still taking the practice reps. But Texans fans lost today. Their team won. The Chicago Bears are the number one overall pick. And that is fantastic news for them. But that's the worst news if I were a Texans fan. No, no, wrong. First off, you're a hater and you're a loser. And you're (laughs) not a football guy for saying that you wish they would have lost the game. Um, Here's the thing, man. The Bears don't need a quarterback, so it doesn't change anything. The Bears aren't trapped. They got Justin Fields. They're not just going to trade that pick to whoever does need a quarterback. No, be, no, they're not. They're going to take Will Anderson, who is worthy of being the number one overall pick. They'll, they they need help defensively. They'll just draft the top pass rusher, which is Will Anderson out of Alabama, and they'll just stick there. Unless the Texans are the team, because look at the two teams behind them. Houston and Seattle are both probably in the mix for quarterbacks. Maybe Seattle will try to move, will try to move on. I'm telling you right now, sitting there at number two, you're perfectly fine. Take your pick of Bryce Young or CJ Stroud and go home. You'll be happy. It is it. it is absolutely a bad decision if if the Bears just take Will Anderson because you should trade it two, three, four, whatever. For the long term of your franchise, it makes way more sense. The last team to trade from one down, on average, they get two firsts, two seconds, and two thirds. Trade it. If all you want is Will Anderson, I'm sure he's great. But you're going to need more than one great player to make your team great. So to me, it's like, uh, I don't know. If I were Houston, I I would have. If I were a Texas fan, I just want to lose. You're a hater, man. Maybe. <laughs> won, they, won three, it makes you, they won three freaking games this year, and you're sitting there saying they should have won two. If, if it makes you feel any better, the exact tweet I sent out was haters. Or I said idiots, right? And the very first text I got to somebody about, oh, like, you know, you're, is from a guest on our show in Kansas City, Vinny Pasquantino, comes on as our NFL insider. He's like, could not disagree more. You are wrong. So you're not the first person to tell me I'm wrong today, Nick. Vinny already told me that. Great minds. Am I up? Oh, Who's uh, your loser? It's either Nick, Nick or Ken. Nick. Okay, yeah, okay. Nick's up. Uh, my loser is the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, this is a team that actually lost, not one that actually won in that they won a football game, gave their fans something to root about. The Bengals came out on the short end of the stick with the resolution that, that was passed on Friday. They're the only team that gets to have complaints today. They won their division resoundingly with uh, a pretty thorough dominating victory over the Ravens. Now, the Ravens didn't have Lamar Jackson, but that's what you do against bad teams. We've already covered that in this episode And yet, still, the team that was leading the Bills in the first half has virtually nothing to show for the fact that they were the hottest team in football the last two months of the year. I get it. There was never going to be a perfect solution for trying to figure out to do with that Monday Night Football game. But if I'm the Bengals, I'm I'm sitting here feeling like I got shortchanged. I'm feeling like we got the short end of the stick and everybody else benefited in a way that we didn't. So you want to talk about a fan base? that has every right to be salty on Monday morning, it is the Cincinnati Bengals. Speaking of salty fan bases, uh, my loser, going to take it back to the Chiefs game, is the Raiders. This was a home game for the Chiefs. There were more Chiefs fans there than Raiders fans. You see the image of that Raiders fan holding up a sign, we deserve better. I don't know how much better it's going to get next year. The Raiders are my losers. They won in the game. they, They lost in the game. They're losing in life. <laughs> how about how about that quote? <laughs> in fairness she's right how about the quote from the owner before like hey i don't like it so much that a bunch of opposing fans show up I'm like you moved your team away from all your fans 
What? And you put it in the most popular travel destination in the country. What did you think was going to happen? You just thought a bunch of people, you, you thought moving away from all your fans and then putting it in a city where everyone's like, I'd like to go to there. Was not going to bring in opposing fan bases. Yeah, the Raiders are losers. They're the worst. All right. And on that note, any final thoughts, guys? No, I'm really looking forward to the postseason. Obviously, we'll have some episodes next week where we're kind of guessing who they might face. But I don't think going into the year, I thought the Chiefs were going to finish 14-3 and and have a bye, even if that game might end up being a neutral site in the AFC title game. Uh, From a regular season perspective, they outperformed expectation. I know that's hard to imagine considering how high the expectations were, but they outperformed it. Well said, Cody. All right, that's going to do it for us on It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. He is Cody Tapp. That is Nick Schwartz. I'm Kayla Canaram. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And we will be back with you all on Wednesday.